0: So uh, anyway, I want to welcome you all to our last uh, message in the series. The time is now, and uh, it's a new year. It's it's a time of new beginnings, of starting over, writing a new chapter in in your life, and coming up with some big goals. You know, this time of year is notorious for making New Year's resolutions, and it's it's great to have goals. It's great to have ambitions. It's great to have things in our lives that we want to do or simply just do better. But there's a big difference between wanting to do something and actually doing it. There's a big difference between starting something and seeing it through. According to Forbes, approximately 45% of all people make New Year's resolutions. So about half of us will make or have made New Year's resolutions. But only 8% actually achieve their goals. So a fraction of the people actually follow through and achieve their goals. What's more interesting to me is the average time that it takes for someone to give up on their goals is 40 days. Only 40 days. Uh, Last year, I wanted to, this was my goal, I wanted to read the Bible all the way through in one year. So to make it easier on myself, I like doing that. I like making things easy. For me, I downloaded this mobile app where I could start a reading plan and it would take me through the entire Bible in exactly one year. And I checked my phone the other day and the last time that I logged a, a reading plan was April 20th, 2015. So uh, you all are looking at me like I'm the only one that does this. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that this has happened to. You know, right now, uh, gyms are usually packed um, from all the people that are normally there, plus people that make that resolution to get fit, to drop the weight. And then they stay packed for about a month. And then things go back to normal. People give up. Uh, maybe you know people that have cleaned all the junk food out of their cabinets. They've probably made a resolution to live a healthier lifestyle. So they've cleaned the junk food out, replaced it with healthier foods. However, pretty soon the cabinets start to get these little boxes of Little Debbie snacks in there, maybe one one week, maybe two the next week, and it slowly starts to creep back in. And then the fridge begins to fill up with six-pack, 12-pack, and then a 24-pack of soda. Um, Or maybe we decided to watch our spending and live on a budget. We, we start off pretty good until a new version of the iPhone is released. Or, ladies, maybe men too, I don't know. Your favorite store has that once-in-a-lifetime sale that just lasts one day. Well, you, you name it, whatever it is, the next big thing comes along and completely close our budget out of the water. So we we get off to a good start. But then for many different reasons and circumstances we we give up. Today I want to look at how we can start strong and stay committed. Last time we talked we looked at the Old Testament book of Haggai and that's where we'll pick up again today. So turning your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Haggai The verses will be on the screen as well. And remember, Haggai was a prophet sent by God to give the people of Israel a performance evaluation. Haggai told the people that God was displeased with them because they had their priorities mixed up. They were putting themselves before God by focusing more on building their own houses and building their own lives rather than building the house of God. So God caused a drought, and this drought would affect their harvest. And remember, God withheld blessings from the people. And God wanted the people to simply get back to work. He wanted them to get back to work. He told them to give careful thought to their ways, evaluate your lives, consider your ways. Then he told them to go up into the mountain, bring down timber, and build his house. Pretty simple instructions, get back to work. God wanted the people to know that the time is now to build his temple. The time is now to reprioritize their lives. The time is now to focus more on God and less on themselves. So that's where we left off. So the people were left with a decision to make. They could listen to the words of Haggai and the warnings from God, or they could stay in the same direction that they were going So let's look and see what the people decided to do. What did the people do? Look with me at Haggai chapter 1, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. So the people decided to obey God. They had a decision to make. They decided to obey God. Instead of continuing in the same direction that they were going, the people decided to repent and turn to God. And I love this. It says that the people feared the Lord. You know, that really is the beginning of obedience and wisdom, a proper understanding of of who God is in in his sovereignty and in his power And when he's instructing the people to do something, a proper reverence and a fear of God is good. So we see that they got started off right. They got their act together. They fear the Lord, which that fear results in obedience. And what happened when they began to realign their priorities and focus on God? What What were the results of obeying God? Well, let's look and see at verses 13 and 14. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. So you see, once the people turned from their ways, once they... Realigned their priorities and said, God, here I am. I'm I'm ready to focus on you. I'm ready to do what you want. When they did that, some pretty amazing things happened. First, it says, I am with you. So the first thing that happens is God grants them his presence. God granted them his presence. When the people put God in his proper place in their lives, he honored their choice by providing them with his presence. Now, please understand this. If you're a child of God, God is always with you. But when you are walking with him, when you're being obedient, not only is God with you, but God is for you. You see, that's the difference. So not only did did God grant them his presence, but God's spirit moved. God's spirit moved. So when we're obedient to the Lord... Not only is he with us, he's for us. And then the Spirit begins to work, not, not just in our lives, not just in one person. But I want you to notice it worked in all the people. All the people. The tide had turned completely. And the people began working instead of for themselves. They began working for the Lord. And the people began working together in unity and, and in harmony with one another. And the Spirit was moving in everybody. They got off to a great start. Just like a lot of people, just like a lot of of us, they started strong, but then... Well, let's look and see in chapter 2, verse 1. They started strong, but then on the 21st day of the seventh month... The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to to Zerubbabel, Joshua, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So the people got off to a good start, and then I want you to notice, they got discouraged. They got discouraged. And because of the date, because of the dating, the verbiage used in this text, we know that it's only a few weeks after they started the work. Only a few weeks after changing their ways, only a few weeks after focusing their lives upon God, some discouragement begins to creep in. Can you relate to that? Can anybody relate to that this morning? Why did they get discouraged? Well, at the beginning of verse 1, we get a specific date. It says the 21st day of the seventh month. And that was a day of a big festival. It was called the Festival of Booths. And this was a festival where the people would, would bring in the year's harvest and they would have a big celebration. But remember, the people didn't have a harvest. They didn't have a harvest to bring in. So they really didn't have a reason to celebrate. You remember from last time we talked... God caused a drought on the harvest, on the labor of the hands of the people, because they had neglected him for so long. So this was a time to be happy. This was a time to celebrate, to bring in the big harvest. But they didn't have one. Instead, they focused on what they didn't have. They focused on what they didn't have. They got discouraged. You know, we can get discouraged too when we we focus on what we don't have. Rather than be thankful for what God has given to us, you know, it can bring you down. It can really drag you down when you focus on what you don't have. So, not only were they discouraged about not being able to participate in this big festival that they've participated in year after year after year, but then they began to compare. The people began to compare. The people began to think about the good old days. Verse 3 asks, Who of you is left that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Like nothing? So there's, there's some questions there. And so the people that were there that were at least 70 years of age or older, they, they would have been old enough to have seen the previous temple before it was uh, destroyed. They would have had remembered the old temple. They would have remembered how great and how magnificent and how splendid it was. (laughs) Now after a month of hard work, they began to notice that their progress on the new temple was minimal. And they started to compare. As they compared, they got discouraged. And, And they were thinking things like, I remember how things used to be. And what's the the point of even continuing on to work if it'll never be as good as it once was? So they were at a pivotal moment. The people were at a pivotal moment. And they began to wonder if they were even doing the right things. At this point, the people needed some encouragement. They needed a pep talk. So God steps in, and God provides encouragement right when they need it. Let's look at verses 4 and 5. But now, but now, I know you're discouraged, but now. Love that phrase. Be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. So God steps in and he he provides encouragement right when the people need it. He says, be strong. I know you're discouraged right now, but be strong. Work hard. Work hard. Do not fear for I am with you. And God wants them to know that they are doing exactly what he wants them to do. Even though they might not not be seeing the results that they were expecting, God wanted them to continue doing the work. I want you to notice that he tells Zerubbabel to be strong. And then he tells Joshua to be strong. And those two are the leaders. And Leaders need encouragement. And you know that. If you're a leader in anything, whether it be business, whether it be in a school, whether it be in a ministry here, you get discouraged because you start working for the Lord and then you start feeling down. Things get hard. Leaders need encouragement too. So God gives that to the leaders, but not just them. He says, all the people be strong. He's saying, everybody, everyone, be strong. Be strong. Continue working hard, for I am with you. You know, the people had been without a temple for so long. It had been at least 50 years that they had been without a temple. And the temple was, was where God's presence was. You know, they could, they could get a sense that God was there because he was there in the temple. The Ark of the Covenant would have been in the temple. Now that the temple had been destroyed, they'd been without a temple for such a long time. They felt as if God wasn't involved in their lives. Maybe you felt like that too. You start being obedient to the Lord. Then some difficulties start happening. Then you get discouraged, don't you? God, are you there? Where are you? They started to feel discouraged. But God steps in. God God steps in. Like God always does. God steps in and provides encouragement. And he says, despite there not being a temple, despite the difficulties that you're going through, despite the encouragement, my spirit remains among you. This would have been groundbreaking for them. My spirit, it's not in the temple. My spirit remains among you. I'm here. Do not fear. What a great encouragement from God, the creator of the universe, God wanted them not only to start strong, right? Do you get that? Don't just start. God wanted them to stay committed. Start strong. Stay committed. So here's a question for you How can you start strong this year? How can you start strong this year? You can start strong by setting some goals. Many of you may have already set some goals. Have goals to get healthy, live live on a budget, read the Bible, pray with your family. Join a small group. Have those individual goals. As a church, as a church body, let's start strong together. Remember, we have a pretty hefty goal of 52 baptisms this year. That's a pretty big goal. Here's here's the truth. It won't happen unless each and every one of you is helping us. We need you. Also, next week we're starting this campaign called The Story. That's starting next week. We'll go through the entire Bible as a church family. And as you leave today, there'll be some young people. Hopefully they'll be there. They were there last service. I don't know if they took off, but they'll be handing out cards, invite cards. And many of you may have already gotten them in the mail. What we want you to do is take one of those cards and give it to just one person this week. Will you do that? Will you help us start strong? And next week, you can start strong by joining us as we go through the Word of God. You know, we firmly believe that the Word of God can and will change lives. And we believe that the Bible is so important that next week, we are giving everybody that comes through those doors a copy of the Story Bible for free. Everyone, as a church, we want to start strong. So here's another question. How can you stay committed? How can you stay committed to your personal goals? How can you stay committed to what we're doing here as a church? Here are are a couple ideas. By not getting discouraged and by avoiding comparison. We'll take it straight from the text. How's that? By not getting discouraged and by avoiding comparison. Just like the people of Israel got discouraged after about a month you see, not, not much has changed, has it? In thousands of years, the, the Forbes estimate I gave you was around 40 days average. That's this time. Not much has changed. Just like the people of Israel got discouraged, we can get discouraged too. And it doesn't take long for discouragement to start creeping in. And Maybe things aren't going the way we expected. Or maybe it's harder than what we thought you know you get into something you think it's one way but then it's it's not it's a little bit harder don't get discouraged when things don't go right or maybe maybe you've been knocked down maybe you've been knocked down many times you know some of my favorite movies are the rocky movies i love those movies i went and saw creed the other day sad and i went and brian and uh you know, after that, I, I went straight home and worked out, started running. You know, I, I did that as a child, too, with the Star Wars movies. I dressed up, you know, still, still doing that. But uh, these Rocky movies are full of great quotes. And here's a great one. I love it. Rocky says this, It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's so true. So don't get discouraged. When things get tough, keep moving forward. When you get knocked down, hey, get back up and press on. You know, we can get discouraged by comparing too. We start thinking about what once was. And, and I want to talk to you this morning. I know a lot of us can, can get uh, that in our minds. What, what used to be the good old days. And we start comparing with what once was with what we have now. You know, I was talking uh, with Brian this week about what I was going to preach on, and we started, I started talking about comparison. And he, he said he heard a good quote one time, and this is it. Comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's so true. You know, when you start down the road of comparison, your eyes begin to be clouded, and you fail to see how much God has actually blessed you. And you fail to see how much God is actually working in your life right at that moment when you start comparing. So we can stay committed by not getting discouraged and by avoiding comparison. So why should we stay committed? Why? Let's look at what God promises the people of Israel. Let's look at verses 6 through 9. It says this, This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. So you see, there's some phrases in there that are repeated. I don't know if you picked up on that. But I will is in there a lot. And that's God speaking. So that's a promise. That's a promise that the people can count on. And then the Lord Almighty is repeated in there. It's almost as if God is is encouraging them once more, saying, don't worry about this. This is on me. I've got this. And who am I? Oh, I am almighty. That's who I am. God tells them to stay strong, start strong, excuse me, stay committed because the best days are ahead. The best days are ahead is what he tells them. Rather than focusing on what used to be. I know that we can get like that. We can focus on what used to be. God told the people he was planning to do something bigger, something greater. God wanted them to start strong and stay committed because he had greater things in store for them in the future. He said, the silver is mine. He said, the gold is mine. God is saying, I have all the resources that you need. Trust me. Trust me. You do the work and I will provide. I have everything to make this house great. All you need to do is do the work. So remember, they were caught up comparing. They were saying, this, this house is not as good as the last one. God's saying, trust me. I have all the resources. Continue working. Do the work. He tells them about a, a day in the, in the future, about a day when the glory of the house that they were working on would be greater than the glory of the former house. You know, this temple that seemed so average to them by comparison, this temple that just seemed like it wasn't as good as the last temple, would be greater than Solomon's magnificent temple. And what the people didn't know was that a few hundred years later, King Herod would come in and he would expand this temple, this very same temple, He would build it up, expand it, improve it, and make that average temple one of the greatest architectural wonders in history. Not only that, but in the verse we read, God said the desired of all nations will come. I wonder what the desired of all nations is. And will fill this house with glory, and in this place I will grant peace. So if the people only knew what God had in store, you know, after the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph took him somewhere to the temple. The same temple that the people were complaining about. The same temple that the people said was average. Mary and Joseph took him there. They took him to a priest named Simeon. And when Simeon held Jesus, this is what he said in Luke chapter 2. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And listen, the glory of your people, Israel. So indeed, the glory of this house, the present house, would be greater than the glory of the former house because of Jesus. Jesus would enter that house. That's amazing to me. So listen, we need to be faithful We need to trust God. He knows exactly what he's doing. He has plans. He has plans that are far beyond our ability to comprehend. You know, I know many of us like to think about the good old days, about the glory days, about what once was. But listen to me, we're about finished. I believe as a church that our best days are ahead. I truly believe that. Let's start looking forward to what God can and will do right here. Right here. You know, rather than wonder if God is going to show up, expect God to move. Rather than worrying about having the resources, let's trust that God will provide. Remember, He said, The silver and the gold is mine, it's all His. He has everything that we need to succeed. All we have to do is the work. Let's do the work and let's allow God to bless the labor. Just think what it would look like if we all did this, if we all started strong and we all stayed committed. Imagine the impact it would have in our lives, in the lives of our families, in our church, and in our community. Imagine if we deployed, after this story campaign, imagine if we deployed hundreds of people into the community, confident about knowing God's word, confident about obeying the word of God, Confident about sharing God's word with others. You know, sure it may get tough. I bet you it will. It's going to get hard. Or maybe you you will be like me with my reading plan and you just get busy doing other things and you get sidetracked. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like you're not getting anywhere, you're not making any progress, When you when you feel like you're weak, when you feel like... You could fail. God says, don't give up. God says, be strong. When you're you're afraid, when you're unsure about moving forward in obedience, God says, do not fear. You know, the creator of the universe will be with you, will be with us. In the trenches, in those tough times, in those moments of doubt and fear. And remember, if we are are obedient to God, we have the promise and the assurance of his presence each and every step that we take. Continue to work, continue to grow. And I'm confident, church, that our best days are ahead. And remember this, when we are, are obedient to God, he's not just with us, he's for us. With God in front leading us, we can start strong and stay committed. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that it brings to our lives um, just when we need it. And Lord, so help us to start strong this year. Lord, help us to, to be ambitious. Help us to dream big. Lord, help us to stay committed. Lord, in those times of doubt, in those times of fear, Lord, you've got control of everything. Lord, we thank you for your encouragement today. In Jesus' name, amen.